In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter here with the 230th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, When the Saints Go Marching In, in tribute to the great Louis Armstrong. Looked up a little bit about the history of the song. When the Saints Go Marching In, often referred to as simply the Saints, is a black spiritual. Though it originated as a Christmas hymn, it is often played by jazz bands. The song was famously recorded on May 13, 1938, by Louis Armstrong and his orchestra. So, the Falcons and the Saints, the greatest, one of the greatest rivalries in the league, has a little bit of the luster knocked off of it this year with... Uh, the Saints being seven and two, the Falcons six, three and six. Uh, two teams met on Thanksgiving the last couple years, but no national TV for this one. 1 p.m. Sunday in New Orleans. The Saints will be without Drew Brees, even though Sean Payton was reluctant to announce that, even though he's got fractured ribs and a collapsed lung. I guess he was holding out hope for some miraculous recovery. But hey, we're going to, um, got a lot to get to today. Um, we'll look at Drew Brees versus Atlanta. Jameis Winston, the likely starter against Atlanta. We got, um, some Sean Payton, uh, Dirk Cutter, a couple cuts from him, Deion Jones. Uh, and we're going to give you some some snarky uh, Sean Payton. Then we'll look at the tell of the tape, highlight a couple of the matchups to anticipate, and then we'll get out of here. 230th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Drew Brees has played the Falcons 29 times, uh, once as a Charger. He is 19 and nine with the Saints against the Falcons. Uh, completed a. Uh, 772 of 1,129 passes, 68.38% completion rate, 54 touchdowns, 27 interceptions, a 97.1 passer rating for 8,695 yards. Since going to New Orleans in 06, he has swept the Falcons seven times. The two-game series, um, you know, it's come down to seven sweeps in 18, 15, 13, 11, 9, 7, and 6. Five splits and uh, lost to the Falcons twice in 14 and 16. So over 14 seasons, and he's at the controls. They swept the Falcons 50% of the time. Now, another thing, you know, in this uh, rivalry the Falcons haven't been able to sack them. They just haven't. Uh, eight of the games, there were zero. Um, and, and 27 of the games, been two or less sacks. They got to them last year six times, though. That was the best they've ever done against Drew Brees. 
uh, six, they had a, a guard out, and the Falcons kept uh, stunting up through the um, A-gap on that side. You know, I did a breakdown of those six uh, sacks last year, so I remember that. And uh, uh, Gray Jarrett was uh, dominant that day. Devondre Campbell had one. It was uh, a collective effort in that 26-9 uh, win that shocked everybody after the bye week. Uh, they also had five sacks against him back in 2014. So, um, which drew well. Uh, I don't know if this is, you know, you don't want to speculate about the end, uh, but collapsed lungs are pretty serious. Fractured ribs are pretty serious. I saw Steve Young try to play uh, with broken ribs one year in the playoffs. Uh, they shot him up, numbed him up, but he couldn't lift his arm up. Uh, and, uh, you know, exited the game real early up in Green Bay Packers uh, during their Super Bowl march in 95, I believe. So, yeah, don't play with no fractured ribs. I mean, they used to, younger guys, they put flak jackets on you. Uh, but collapsed lung is very serious, uh, not to be played with. So, Jameis Winston, they signed him in the offseason, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, number one overall pick. Led FSU to the BCS National Championship game. Just didn't click for him as a pro uh, player down in Jacksonville. Couldn't win, uh, you know, uh, enough to stay there. And they didn't uh, renew his contract after his rookie contract ran out. He's 4-5 and five against the Falcons. Uh, one in Tampa Bay. Uh, he was 190 of 288. 65. 0.97% uh, for 2,499 yards, 25 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Okay, and then last season's last game was 28-22 uh, to 22 on 12-29. That was the Deion Jones interception in overtime. So that's the quarterback situation going into this game. And we're going to hear from uh, Dirk Cutter. Uh, talking about the Bucks defense and then some Jameis Winston. He was his coach down in Tampa Bay from 2015 as the offensive coordinator, then 16, 17, 18 as the head coach uh, before coming back to Atlanta. Here's Dirk Cutter, the Falcons offensive coordinator on Jameis Winston, on the defense and Jameis Winston. And we have Jason Butt, uh, correspondent for the AJC, asking these two questions. Five, we were able to get a head start on New Orleans, and uh, when it comes to them defensively, just what have you seen over the last two weeks that's really seemed to increase their production? Yeah, well, uh, yes, we did get a jump on New Orleans. Watched a lot of New Orleans tape over the bye, and uh, I, I think I think uh, they've gotten healthier. It's probably one of the things, you know, uh, 92 first round pick a couple years ago. I think he's playing his best football since he's been in the league. Uh, obviously, we got our first look at Quan Alexander playing at linebacker yesterday, and uh, you know I know I know Quan very well. Uh, their secondary is playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, 93 and 91, you know that that gives them four defensive linemen who who all flash dominance at times, and not not many teams that you go against have that. But uh, I, I think. From listening to the TV announcers, they say that they're, they're getting healthier, that this is the healthiest they've been. Now, they got looks like they, they got a couple guys dinged up in the game yesterday. We'll have to see how that plays out during the week. 
flipping to, to the other side, I mean, you coached Jameis uh, for a while. Um, you know, if he has to get the call this week, you know, how do you think he kind of fits uh, in, in with, uh, you know, what, what New Orleans likes to do? I'm, I'm not the right guy to ask about how he fits in with what New Orleans likes to do. I mean, obviously, you know, when you're filling in for one of the best to ever do it, and Drew Brees, that's a, that's a, those are big shoes to fill. But, but uh, I, I think Jameis is a, is an excellent quarterback and uh, definitely has a big arm, a hard guy to hard guy to sack. And uh, you know, I know he's he's anxious to prove himself. You know, we'll just have to. We'll have to see how, how the week goes. And, and, you know, the, the word I heard earlier today was that uh, the Drew Brees injuries are fairly significant, but we'll, we'll just have to see how that plays out. But that's why that's why they brought Jameis there. They lost Teddy Bridgewater, obviously starting for Carolina, and every team, you know, it's, they don't want to have to uh, lose their starter, especially a, a guy of his caliber, of Brees' caliber. So, uh, you know, Jameis, that's why they brought him there. He's got a lot of experience, and... Uh, you know, he, he knows how to throw the ball down the field. I'm sure I'm sure he's anxious to get his opportunity. Thanks. Falcons OC Dirk Cutter and uh the the numbers guys he were um he were the numbers that he were throwing out uh was Davenport, uh former uh, first round pick here. Marcus Davenport is ninety two. And uh, 91 is Trey Hendrickson. They've been developing him. Uh, 91, Trey Hendrickson. And then uh, 93 here, I'm just going down their roster. That's David uh, Niamata, 6'4", 300. So, and then, of course, they got Cam Jordan to go with all of that. So, he's uh, he's worried about that front up there. And we're going we're gonna to look at the numbers and that'll, he'll, he'll, that'll, that'll, you'll be able to see what he's talking about. With regards to that, that defensive front, uh, so let's go here. We're gonna um, before we get to tell today, we're gonna go ahead and hear some more, some more Dirk and then Dion, and then we'll get into some some Sean Payton here. Uh, here's Dirk. Uh, a couple of my questions on the uh, Saints. Uh, coach, uh, just over the bar, what were some of the things you uh, looked at, uh, and uh, you know, what are some of the things you all? Uh, that you like and uh, things you want to keep getting better at, things you want to, you know, maybe work on? Uh, well, we looked, we, we looked at everything over the bye week. You know, you, you go back and look at all nine games and you can cut it up a hundred different ways and look at it situationally, look at it by personnel, look at it by down and distance. And, you know, you, you always kind of come back to the same stuff that you, you already knew that you needed to work on. And, you know, the main one uh, is, you know, we'd like to be more efficient across the board, and that mainly applies to the red zone. we gotta, we got to have a higher touchdown percentage in the red zone. But, you know, we found, you also find out you're doing a lot of things well. you got plenty of guys playing good, but there's, you know, I'm not going to tell you every single thing we need to get better at. That just helps other people out. But, you know, we, we know <laughs> we haven't played that perfect game yet. And what's the common thread of, uh, you know, over the years, uh, the coordinators have switched a little bit with Dennis in there now, but uh, going against the Saints defense. Yeah, uh, I think the common thread is that they, they're well coached and they have really good players. I mean, they, uh, they, they are a really talented defense and they are a very aggressive defense. 
you know they uh, they have some you know some some of the top players at their position in the league, and they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. They've uh, they've added some some veteran free agents to the mix that are good players, and then some guys that they uh, have developed that have kind of come up through the ranks are, are playing really good football for them as well. All right, Dirk Cutter. More on the Saints. Let's look at the red zone numbers. They're bad uh, for defense and offense. The Falcons are playing good between the 20s, but uh, red zone, they're not scoring, and then they're giving up too much. The uh, They're 52.94%, 18 to 34, scoring touchdowns in the red zones, which is um, red zone, which is 27. The Saints, by contrast, are 65%, and that's 12th. But that's, you know, with Drew Brees starting every game. Red zone D, the Falcons, 75.86%. Uh, they've given up they've given up 22 touchdowns on 29 red zone trips, which is 31st. If you can get to the red zone on the Saints, you can score too. They're 75%, uh, 30th in the league. So one of the intriguing things in this game is going to be the matchups uh Kamara Alvin Kamara they're fine running back in Deion Jones Deion has been getting the best of him we can go back and just the feel is that you know he hasn't really hurt the Falcons uh much uh Kamara out of Norcross High and uh what to do with Tyson Hill um Sean Sean Payton's trying to make it like a they got to get ready for him as quarterback. But you can go on YouTube and see his uh, fine throwing exploits at BYU. But he's a tank running that ball. He's more of a runner. And uh, I want to see uh, Foyer Ulakon and Tyson Hill meet in the hole. That's going to be a good one. So, but let's hear from Dion, and then we'll break down the tape, and then we'll wrap up with Sean Payton. This is Dion Jones talking about. Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, Dion, just um, you know, choosing a big, uh, big matchup when you and Kamara get together. Uh, how do you see that, and uh, you know, and the challenge that uh, you know, you know, that that brings you all both, you know, two young good players in the division. It's always good. Um, and I get to see them twice a year, so this will be the first time. Should be fun. Any intricacies about that matchup that you want to be on top of? Uh, he's real good in space. Uh, agile, fast. You know, just being there when I have to be there, making sure I got the right leverage and right coverage. All right, Dion. Sometimes guys don't like to talk about the opposition, but he uh, he was brief, but to the point on what he's got to do against. Alvin Kamara, Norcross High, went to Alabama, uh, got into some, had some issues there, went to Tennessee, uh, overlooked in the draft, and now he's one of the top backs in the league. So let's look at the uh, the, the tail of the tape. The uh, uh, we can tell a little bit from this, but this is remember with Drew Brees, and he won't be playing this week. So uh, you know, can Jameis? Keep the offense operating at this high level, and they uh, they uh, have the looks of a fine Super Bowl team on the on the stat sheet here. Everything everything is in the top sixteen of the league. So yes, you want to be in the upper half and everything, and they they've got that look. 
But, you know, it's nine games in, and now you're going to play without your quarterback who's out with uh, fractured ribs and collapsed lung. So, uh, total yards, they're 12 rushing yards, 12 passing yards, 15, scoring fourth, time possession, nine, everything's defense, everything. Uh, total yards, fourth, rushing yards, second, passing, 15, scoring, 13, and time of possession, uh, turnover differential, six, tied for six. So, um, you know, that's a challenge, uh, definitely for, um, the, the top-ranked offense going against one of the lowest-ranked defense. Falcons are 30th in total yards, 6th in rushing yards because nobody has to run because they can throw. 310.3 yards passing the game, 30th. Uh, scoring 27.9, that's 25th. And turnover differentials, that's 12th. So the Falcons are in the upper half and stopping the run and getting turnovers. So, hey... That could be big. Jameis likes to, you know, if they haven't coached that out of him, he'll throw the ball to you. So the turnover differential is the way the Falcons got to win this game and, you know, maybe get a red zone stop if they get down there because they haven't been able to stop anybody in the red zone. Now, uh, offensively, the Falcons are going to have a tough time. That that front that's got Dirk Cutter so concerned uh, is, um, you know, the best second-best rush defense in the league. The Saints are giving up 76.8 yards a game, which is second. In the total yards, they're fourth in the league. Uh, pass defense, 15th, uh, 231.4 a game. Scoring, 27.3, 13th. And uh, turnover differential, they're plus four, which is tied for six. Tied for six. So the Falcons offense, you know, their thing is yards, and but, you know, having – he talked about scoring the red zone. That's the big one. Uh, blocking better in the run game's another. Um, they're gonna have they're gonna have their hands full with the Saints up front. Just tell you that right now. Three ninety six point eight is uh the total total yards. That's fifth. They're eighteenth in rushing. One hundred six point eight. Second in passing. Two ninety a game. 27 uh, points a game, 13th, and then time possession, 31.50. So that's gonna be um, that's gonna be the Falcons' formula. They're gonna have to keep the ball away. They're gonna have to score in the red zone. They're gonna have to get some turnovers. Those are my three things for the game: keep the ball, play keep away from Jameis, then maybe play take away from Jameis, and then score in the red zone. And, uh, you know, you might be able to pull off another victory. Now, uh, Coach Sean Payton spoke to the New Orleans media on Monday, and uh, he didn't want to give an update on Drew Brees. I'll just let y'all hear some of that, um, and then I'll try to explain what's going on there with the uh, injury reporting uh, rules in the league and so forth. But here's Coach Sean Payton. not going to address any injuries on this conference call uh, or questions about any injured players. Fair enough? Well, I mean, so to be fair, it's the starting quarterback. It's yeah, no, I, I appreciate. No, no, no. There's none, though. There's none. And, and in other words, Wednesday's our first day that we're required to do that. And, uh, and to be fair to the process, let's stick with that. Uh, I'll make sure on Wednesday 
practice status and, and everything else. Sean, can you talk about how you uh, have looked at the backup quarterback position, though, with, with uh, Jameis and Taysom? Is, is it similar to last year that if you do need a guy on a temporary basis, you, you have that set up for, for Jameis to be... I wouldn't project or, or answer that in any way. I wouldn't. We'll see how this week unfolds. Can you talk then just about your review of uh, Jameis' performance on yesterday? And, and Yeah, I thought, listen, I, I thought he did a good job. I thought there were some challenges I mentioned in the postgame conference that um, – Aside from the quarterback injury, you know, we had a tight end and a receiver, and, and so there were a handful of things watching the film that we just got to clean up. All right, so yeah, it didn't go, it went downhill from there. Uh, but uh, I'm going to play the. Um, the end, too, you can hear that, and then we'll explain what's going on there, what he's trying to do, uh, trying to get, trying to do. Sean, I remember last year when, when Drew was injured in Seattle, you didn't name a starting quarterback until late into the week. Um, is That'll it be the case this week? week, too. Okay. Yeah, I was going to pop. And what, Fair enough. Uh, maybe, could you maybe, the process of what goes into that, is it just week of practice, is it game plan? Probably a little bit of all of it. Yeah, a little bit of all of that. And also, none of it benefits us by announcing that player earlier than later. Okay, there you go. There you have it. So, Coach Sean, in his world, don't believe the Falcons saw the game on, on, on Sunday. They didn't see Drew Brees get hurt, and now they don't know who the quarterback's going to be on Sunday in his world. So, he's not going to make an announcement because the Falcons will have to get ready for – there's only two quarterbacks on the roster, Tyson Hill and, and, uh, and, and Jameis. So I don't know what's he uh, trying to hide by not announcing the starter until later in the week. I'm looking on their um, practice squad and seeing if there's somebody they could bring up there, maybe surprise uh, backup guy here that we don't know about that, uh, you know, maybe he's going to call Bobby Bear up and bring him out of retirement, bring him out of the booth. Yeah, I don't even see a quarterback on their um, practice squad. So, yeah, so it's pretty sure that um, Drew Brees is out with a collapsed lung and fractured uh, ribs on both sides. But in Sean Payton's world, he can be make a miraculous recovery and be ready to play on Sunday. So, he doesn't want the Falcons to get that little bit of advantage of studying all the Jameis Winston tape, even though Jameis Winston used to play for the Falcons' uh, offensive coordinator. Or... Um, Look at those fine BYU passing tapes of uh, Tyson Hill that's out on the internet. And be ready for all those wild throws. So, um, you know, that's what the coaches do. And uh, big ups to, I'm pretty sure that was Katherine Terrell. Uh, I think she's at um, ESPN now. Uh, and Mike Triplett. Mike's at ESPN. Cat Cat might be at. The athletic. I'm sorry if she's not. Uh, but she said, "Hey, uh, coach, it's the starting quarterback. It's not like you know, it's the backup kicker." So, but 
and he injury reporting rules, uh, they don't have to submit them to Wednesday. But, you know, it's common practice when the player's out, you know, they make the announcement Monday, okay, uh, Julio is uh, getting surgery, he's got a screw in his foot, you know, boom, Mike Smith handled that, you go on about your business. But this trying to play it out like he's going to get better and he might start this week stuff is ludicrous. But um, that's what these coaches do. They get, especially Peyton, he's one of them paranoid uh, Parcells disciples, and uh, he's going to try to work the system here and not uh, report that uh, the injury until he has to, and they're going to, you know, probably come up, uh, you know, they Wednesday they got to say something. Is he going to, you know, they might run him out there and say he's limited or something. And uh, but but yeah, we saw it on TV. Everybody saw it on Monday night, Sunday night, and uh, they saw the reports on Monday about the ribs being fractured and the collapsed lungs and so forth. And uh, you know, they'll try to get, you know, we'll just see how it goes. But that's what, you know, we're dealing with uh, these coaches and these paranoid uh, injury reporting, uh, minimally complying, wouldn't even tell his B-riders what the real situation was. Only was on for seven minutes, got snarky with him. And, uh, yeah, you know, but I understand that that the first time that's happened down there. Uh, but uh, while that was going on, we had uh, – Raheem Morris giving the local media about 15 minutes twice the time that Sean Payton was on, trying not to answer questions and to minimally comply with his media obligations uh, on Monday with his local media. So with that, we're going to wrap it up here. The 230th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We appreciate you all following us on Twitter at DOrlandoAJC. Uh, you know, you can subscribe to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast on all the different platforms. Feel free to leave a review. We check those out. We've been working on the sound. I think it's a lot better this season. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we do look at those. And then also... You can follow us on our Facebook page, Atlanta Falcons News Now. I miss doing the Facebook Lives from the field this year, but, uh, you know, we got more important things to do and uh, uh, trying to just stay safe out here in these streets. You all take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.